Our country, and we all, mark and celebrate Independence Day. The fact that the Continental Congress resolved to be independent from the Kingdom of Great Britain and then declared it. In the midst of that great decision, John Adams, who was there, wrote to his wife. He wrote, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, we have those, bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. And so on this Sunday, we celebrate the Lord's Day with Independence Day on our minds. There have been parades, and fireworks will abound tonight, but this morning we have solemn acts of worship and devotion. And so put to the back of your mind the barbecue and the idea of the beach this afternoon, and let's think of the gospel reading but we'll use the Declaration of Independence and the Brits to help us out. Our Gospel reading, we have in it a vision of the growth of the Jesus movement. Jesus was in Nazareth, he was preaching, he was teaching, and then he sent the disciples out into the world two by two. The disciples, they were proclaiming, they were teaching, they were sharing in relationship with people in their homes. They were praying for healing, and they were casting out evil. It's a powerful message that the disciples brought into the world, one that was shaped by the ideas and reality that Jesus shared with them, that he taught when Jesus proclaimed with power and authority. The world, the world changed because of the ministry, the ideas, the life, the reality that Jesus shared and the disciples proclaimed. A couple of years ago, we were on a family trip and spent a day in Washington, D.C. As my children would say, I geeked out when we were in the National Archives when I got to see, again, the Constitution and the Declaration. I know that it's a little bit of my lawyer background, but we find on those documents simple words on parchment that expressed ideas, powerful ideas that changed the world. Those familiar opening paragraphs, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These amazing ideas led to action and our independence as a nation. Ideas have power. They have power in the realm of nation-states, Ideas have power 
in our relationships with one another. Ideas have power in our reliance on God. Our forebears declared, fought, and won our independence from Great Britain, but the story did not end there. Through the years, the relationship between the United States and Great Britain, it grew into an alliance. Past war into alliance and shared ideas about the importance of democracy and power and rights of individuals. Those ideas bound us together. In a sense, ideas and work on relationship brought healing into the world of the countries. The relationship grew in such a way that over a hundred years later, Winston Churchill would address the United States as Europe faced oppression. He said, we must add to military might the power of ideas. He said, people say we ought not to allow ourselves to be drawn into theoretical antagonism between Nazism and democracy, but the antagonism is here now. It is this very conflict of spiritual and moral ideas which gives the free countries a great part of their strength. You see these dictators on their pedestals, surrounded by bayonets and soldiers. On all sides they are guarded by armed men, yet in their hearts there is an unspoken fear. They are afraid of words and thoughts. Words spoken abroad, thoughts stirring at home, all the more powerful because forbidden, terrify them. They make frantic efforts to bar our thoughts and words. They are afraid of the workings of the human mind. There is power in thoughts, in ideas. There is power in your words, in your ideas, your thoughts. When you share your faith journey, your relationship with Jesus, with others, the world changes. We are all of us disciples, students learning from Jesus, and like the disciples, we are called to go out into this world, into our families and friends, and share our faith, share the story of Jesus. Now, I know not everyone wants to hear it. It's not always good, polite conversation at dinner. Everyone has their own pride and prejudice. After all, those in Jesus' hometown wouldn't accept him. And when the disciples were on the road, they weren't always invited into homes. But still they shared what they knew. And then, if needed, they shook the dust off their sandals. In other words, they shared what they knew of Jesus, and if someone didn't want to accept it or believe, the disciples could leave in peace, knowing that they tried to share the life-saving good news. So as you celebrate today the power of ideas that forged our nation and the actions that led to greater freedom, those ideas that continue to challenge and inspire us, Think also on God.
What does God want you to share in this world? What story of faith? What story of prayers? What ideas? Maybe just the simple fact of coming to church Sunday by Sunday. But what about sharing the idea that there is deep fulfillment found in church? That there are people in this world who seek peace and reconciliation and healing? What about the idea that in Jesus there is mercy? Or in Jesus we have eternal life? The idea that through him we are able to live beyond our selfish selves into something better. So celebrate the fourth. And remember to share the ideas and your relationship of Jesus.